Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, if you want to help support the show, head on over to our Patreon. An exclusive reward for our show's patrons is access to our Discord server. Check the link in the description for more info. And welcome everybody, and this is the Mind Sculptors. I am your host, Callahan, and we have a really great show lined up for you guys today. Uh, I have the absolute honor, honestly, of getting to talk with uh, the one, the only Sheldon Mennery from the EDH Rules Committee today. How are you doing today, Sheldon? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I just actually finished like 10 minutes ago playing in the Star City Games pre-release for Commander Legends. How did that so, go? Uh, we went to time. Oh, no. <laughs> what did you end it up was, drafting? It was Steelbeck. Uh, well, we played, it was, we played Steelbeck. They shipped us, um, they shipped us booster packs last okay. week. And uh, I built, if I had had any creatures, I had a good deck. Um, <laughs> like I was removal central, but um, I played black green, the wolf that makes your, um, uh, your commander's indestructible on oh, okay. And uh, Kekis, the my soul sculptor. So I played okay. Black Green. Um, okay. That uh, sounds it fun. was me, Ari Nye, who's a, from R&D, um, Stevie Green from Star City Games, and Rachel Weeks, special guest from um, Commander Sphere Podcast. Yeah. Um, so we just, we just, you know, bashed each other for two hours and then, <laughs> and then quit for, let the next game play. That's fun. Um, I didn't get to watch any earlier. I've been out running about today and I saw Jim was on there and from the spike feeders. And, uh, I think I had it on in the background while I was trying to edit down on an episode, but I didn't really see too much of what was going on, but that was so cool that they did that for you guys. Yeah. I caught five minutes of Jim and I caught enough that Jim to see that Jim had actually brought a crown to be the model. I saw that. (laughs) Jim, oh. You know, Jim has been our, our emotional support Canadian through these rough times. It has been uh, quite the year, uh, to <laughs> say the least. <laughs> um, well, as you brought up, Commander Legends is coming out, and we're recording this a little bit, obviously, based on what we're talking about, um, about a week in advance of when this will drop. But uh, Commander Com- Legends comes out in just a few days, and uh, so I get to talk with the godfather of edh about commander for a little bit um and one of the questions you know we've we talked about and i know you've talked about it ad nauseum of like how the format came about blah 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 uh but one thing i've kind of always wanted to ask you is when was it that you kind of realized that edh was beginning to get a gain a wider audience the i i think there, there were two pretty significant um fulcrum points uh, the first was obviously when they came to me and said, hey, we want to start producing product. Right, that was two, maybe 2009, I think, okay. you know, when, when the, the idea first came up. And I think it was, I think it was at a pro, I, was, I think it was head judging a pro tour. And um, uh, Scott Larrabee, fellow RC member, came over and said, hey, um, we need to go talk to some folks. And, uh, that was the that was the first point. I was like, okay, so they realize this is kind of popular, but it's a niche format. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna do its thing. And we're, we're we were still at that point the little format that could, right? Um, and the other the other one that really I think was the awakening point for me was when Scryfall. What what did Scryfall used to be? Magic Cards.info. That's right. When, when Magic Cards.info 
in the middle of the 2010s, 13, 14, maybe, uh, maybe even 2012, put commander color identity as one of the search functions. Mm -hmm. That's when I, I was like, okay, now I think, I think the, this rocket ship is about to take off. <laughs> well, and, and it's funny you bring that up because it's like com color. I talked about this. I talk about this a lot with people is like color identity was something you guys kind of came up with. Like, obviously it has like some function in the game, mm -hmm. um, but it's been built into the rules of magic now. Yeah, it was, um, it was actually the brainchild of Matt Tabak. Okay. Uh, who was, who's currently serving as the rules manager who had been the rules manager before. Um, but you know, he was a, he was a high level judge, uh, back in the day. And we, we had certainly been good friends for quite a while. Uh, and he was somewhat of a fan of the format. Um, and we were working on the issue of some cards making themselves illegal. Like people wanted to play Memnarch as a commander. Right. And by the, by the rules at the time, Memnarch invalidated itself. So, um, <laughs> we, you know, we, we sat down with Matt and, um, and basically just hammered it out relative in relative short order, you know, what, what color identity meant. And it, it certainly opened a lot of possibilities for things. It also, it, it opened possibilities and it closed off some others. And you, you know how we feel, right? That, that, Restrictions breed creativity. Right. And that's what we like about color identity. Um, same. I, I love, honestly, like it, it, it's what one of my favorite things, it, it's funny because right before we went on, I have been sitting here. Um, I will, I will tell you this, Sheldon, ever since paradox engine went away, you killed one of my favorite decks. <laughs> um, I, I am a big fan of Joyra weatherlight captain. Uh -huh. Um, and it's one of those decks where I've just been, it, I feel like you've never lived until you've been hellbent with like a few mana rocks out. You top deck a mana vault and then proceed to win the game that turn. Yeah. Like that, that is okay. living to me. Yeah. The problem with paradox engine was that it was unintentionally ruining games. Like right. If, if you knew what you were doing with it, you probably were okay. But right. for the most part, there were, there were players that just, they, didn't know, necessarily know how to handle it. And then, of course, the fact that it's pretty easy to blank if, you know, if you've got a, a grindy Paradox Engine combo, mm -hmm. it's, it's easy to blank. And then everybody has sat there for 15 or 20 minutes watching you play. <laughs> and that, I mean, right. that's, that's not good commander. That's not, that's not good magic. Right. No, and I, I've kind of said that to some extent is that Paradox Engine kind of died for the the sins of people who don't necessarily know how to play with it. Cause like, if you really, if you really know how to play with it, you can kind of, you, you can't shortcut it, but you can usually get it to a deterministic point. Um, but, and like you said, not all the time you can't, but I don't know. There will, there will always be an part. I, if you, I don't, I don't think you follow me on Twitter on Twitter. I started a, a thread of just these memes of me, like missing paradox engine. I love that <laughs> card so much. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that that got to organically come up. I've always wanted to talk about that with you. Um, but so you've got all this stuff going on. Watsy came, came to you. And so that was like in 2009. And so like whenever they do card design or they want to do a rules change, like they, you and Watsy work or work together on that. How tight of a partnership is that? I think it's a, I mean, I've, I've called it a strategic partnership before. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're very close. We're, we're close enough to have a great working relationship and far enough part to maintain our independence. Right. Right. It's, it's a very tenuous balance sometimes. Um, it's, it's not always 100% in agreement on, on everything. Right. You know, there have been, especially recently there have been some conversations where, <laughs> where I have used coarse language with people and um, you know, that, that happens. Right. Uh, but you know, you know, people, people think that we're, 
really distant or when you know when somebody says well wasi should take over the the rc i'm like do you re you realize that we're mostly insiders anyway right right you know arguably toby and i are the the two judges that have had the most impact on magic um in its history and scott has been running the pro tour since god knows when mm -hmm. Yeah, well, not a protocol anymore, but you know he's he's responsible for that. Gavin, whatever it's called, and our <laughs> regional coordinator. You know, it's it's like you know, when 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 the net rep and the regional coordinator is the the least well known of the the people, right? You know, you've got people that are inside already. Um, right. You know, I can't count the number of NDAs that we've signed or <laughs> that, or the times that we've been. You know just been in the building or gotten phone calls. Um, right. You know, Scott and Toby and I are, are really close friends as well. So there have been times that we've just basically convened an RC meeting here at my house when they've come to visit me. Mm -hmm. you know, they'll, they'll fly in from around the country. And uh, I, mean, I, I think it's a pretty well known story now that both of them flew in to take care of me when I had radiation treatment when I was first diagnosed with cancer. Right. Um, and I mean, that's friendship, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, they put their lives on hold, so seemed like the right thing to do to have an RC meeting while we were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and we just Skyped Gavin in, and, and there we were. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, we're, to circle back around to your, to your question, right. we're, we're close enough to get things done mm -hmm. and close enough to also be able to get the things that we want that might not necessarily be what they want. Right. Well, and, and that was, you know, with the, the, some of the recent stuff and, you know, not to rehash anything, cause I know you've talked about it ad nauseum, but you know, like, cause, cause my understanding was, is they really didn't talk to you guys about the whole walking dead thing. Correct. We knew, we knew about the cards. Like when I was there, I worked, um, for two months in Studio X uh, mm -hmm. in R&D um, last year in October, November. And I saw the cards. Like I saw the, the text of the cards. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I didn't see the art or anything, you know, the, the mock-ups or anything like that. Mm -hmm. The cards are fine. Right. Right? I was like, yeah, these cards are fine. Um, now, I, I can't, I'll, I'll confess that I don't remember if, they were 100% then what they are now, but I know that the difference isn't so significant that right. it would have raised my hackles. So but we saw the cards, they're fine. And I think we, I'm, I'm pretty sure we also knew that there was, they were gonna be some part of a special release, but that, right. was, um, that was about all until, you know, it was too late. And then, you know, until it was too late in the process to, have anything to say about it right well and i think it was i forget who it was i just watched the clip of you and i forget who it was on commander um the podcast you guys do where you were talking about the, the accessibility um mm -hmm. of the the product which i thought was really interesting but I, I i i i just thought the backlash that you guys received for that from the community was in my opinion a little bit unreasonable uh just because from my perspective it I don't know that it's entirely your job to police those things. <laughs> yeah, we're, it's, it's, it's definitely not our job to to try to shape Watsi's business practices. Right. Right. There, we have to let them do that, and then if we again, the, the the process works. If we need to take action, then we still can. Right. And uh, while we're sensitive to their business, uh, you know, we wouldn't be. We wouldn't be friends if we weren't sensitive to their business. Right. We also can't be slaves to their business. We can't, we can't um, be beholden to just their marketing or just the secondary market or whatever. Um, so, you know, if, look, there were a lot of people with The Walking Dead that's, that said we should ban the cards to send a signal. Right. And that's not the way it works. <laughs> That's, that would that would have done a fat lot of nothing burger. Um, it, and it would have created a tension that we don't need to create. Right. What, what needed to happen and what, what has subsequently has happened 
was getting into conversations with them mm -hmm. to make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. So the, solving those problems behind the scenes are a way better long-term solution. I mean, I get that it would have it would have felt good to some people, right? Right. But we're we're not in the business of rolling up newspapers and smacking people across the nose with them, right? We're, we're grownups and we're right. going to solve problems like grownups. And I would rather have a long-term solution that this kind of thing doesn't happen again, as opposed to the minute of sort of feel-good vindication that some people would get uh, if we had made a needlessly aggressive uh, response. Right. Well, and it, and you know, and you bring up the working behind the scenes thing, because I think it was, maybe it was Cobblepot who uh, tweeted at you. And I remember you uh, responding because we were, when we were talking about Lotus, uh, jeweled Lotus and uh, what you guys were thinking about it. And you said something along the lines of, I had some very choice words about it. <laughs> and you, you clearly, you do, and that's something you do a lot on the back end that you, not everybody sees. Sure. And, and, and I'm not going to talk about, it. you know, like there, right. there are privileged relationships that we have and we're not going to, I'm not going to violate those privileged relationships. They, we, the reason we can get things done is that we've built relationships of trust mm -hmm. and again, and act like adults when we're doing them. Right. But yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not afraid to say that, when they get something wrong or, you know, or, or I think th th that they've done something that is contrary to the health of the format, I'm going to tell them in no uncertain terms. Right. Um, no, and I, that's one of the things I really appreciate about not only you, but the RC in general is I have never had in question um, whether or not your intent for the format um, and your goals for it are not good. That's never been something I've questioned. Um, and before we move on, I'll just say the one thing with The Walking Dead that I remember I thought when they announced it that I thought was the strangest thing is I was just like, man, I haven't thought about The Walking Dead in like six years. <laughs> yeah. it's, I, I was genuinely just like, oh, yeah, I guess that's a thing still. Um, well, it, it, it's apparently a big thing still. Um, like like a bunch of the top cable shows are walking dead things. And um, I, I, I mean, I'll be honest, the RC's knowledge of the, of the walking dead came about a week from before the, the release of the, the cards. Cause like, I mean, we were, we're obviously all, you know, culturally aware people. Right. It was just, it was just thing that no, none of us had followed. Right. So it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Walking dead. I remember when it first came on and I was about to start watching it and then season two hit and a bunch of friends were like, ah, uh, season two really sucks. So I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, my whole thing with Walking Dead was I worked at GameStop when that all first came out mm -hmm. and that was right when that wave of like all that post-apocalyptic stuff was all just like flooding the market. Like there was video games, v TV shows, movies, all of that was all coming out like right on top of each other. Uh -huh. And I was just so burnt out on all of it so fast that uh -huh. to this day, anything like zombie related, I'm just kind of like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> but um, unless it's magic. Um, so moving on. So we talked a little bit about bands and one of the things I definitely wanted to talk about with that is so when you and the rest of the RC sit down and you're talking about bands, um, what are the things that you all consider for bannings or not bannings or banning particular cards? Well, I, the, I mean, the, the philosophy is pretty clear, right? That, you know, we want to maintain a, a very healthy interactive format that provides a resident experience for a broad player base mm -hmm. and when something threatens that that's when we think about banning it i mean you know um profit of crucifix and paradox engine right. are like the are the, the obvious two examples like w once games start to devolve into nothing but these cards then they then then they become problematic then we really, right. really want to think about them hard. Um, 
or in our estimation, if if a card no longer fits that model, like Kakusho, you know, when we banned Kakusho, it was a scourge. It really was. It was mm-hmm. everything was about Kakusho, copying it, cloning it, stealing it, whatever. And the game evolved to the point right. where graveyard hate was better, creatures got better, interaction got better. So you know, we we let it off the leash, and as you as you see, Kakusho is just a card. Right. It's good. It's fine. Um, it'll it'll win games, uh, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be the the laser point that happens when it hits the table like it was 15 years ago. Right. And that's and so you know and so when you talked about like because er, earlier this year there was the big uproar over Flash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so year? I seemed like a million years ago. I know that's. I, I feel like we've had enough happen in the year 2020 that we could fill out like a decade, right? <laughs> like I, at some point I kind of remember, oh, all of this has been going on during a pandemic. So, yeah. um, but when you talk about that, cause there were, there were two sides to the camp, right? With the, with the bannings or not bannings. Um, and even two sides within the banning camp, right? Where it was, you had one side that was saying, you need to ban Thos's Oracle. And you had another side that was like, no, you gotta ban Flash. You know, like what was it that it ultimately came down to and who were the voices that really made that sort of thing happen? Well, so early in 2019, earlier mid 2019, I started having chats with a bunch of the of well-known CDH personalities. Mm-hmm. Jim, Siggy, Lurker, Cobble, you know, that, that, that whole crew. Right. Right. So I just like, it was like, talk to me, tell, tell, tell me where you are. Um, I want to, I want to understand what your, what your concerns are, what your pains are, what your pleasures are, you know, where, where, where are you? And I just, um, just kept going back to them as a resource and mm-hmm. talking and talking and talking. And, um, it was a, it was a very long discussion right. about the, the level of pain that this card was bringing. And the fact that, the fact that this group could really articulate themselves well without devolving into some of the the things that you see on the internet right uh, that you know that they could they recognize the fact that that we were there having again adult conversations about things right that, that we were we honestly wanted to see what was going on we wanted to if if they were having pain we wanted to understand you know where where they were feeling it and and how and mm-hmm. what the solutions would be um and it was a it was a long process from the time we first started talking about it to the end because well the problem is that it flash didn't really fit the criteria for banning right it wasn't it wasn't wrecking tables across the world it was it was wrecking tables across a very small subset of tables across the world. But at a certain point, when, when your friend is hurting and you can do something to alleviate the pain and it's not going to hurt anybody else, mm-hmm. then you do it. And that, that's sort of, you know, that's sort of where we came to. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to tell you, I, it, so knowing that, you guys were having these conversations all the way back in 2019. Um, I mean, you, you are having all of this. I mean, let's be honest. The CDH community has not always been uh, very, not always had great good faith arguments. Um, <laughs> right. Um, and well, that's why you talk to, I mean, that's why you talk to, um, articulate representatives right as opposed to the mob you don't talk to mobs mobs there's there's nowhere to good good to go with a mob there's no there's no perfect thing to say to Mm -hmm. calm them down there's no point that you're going to make this so clever that they're going to 
forget their anger or fear or frustration. Mm-hmm. They're just going to continue to be a mob. So, right. so trying to engage that is a path to madness. Um, right. But engaging with people who have voices that can then speak to that to those crowds, you know, it's a it's a series of um, message filtering at a certain point. Right. And you just you talk to people who can talk to people and. You know, the, one of the things that I really, really, really wanted to do was, especially as we got to the point, we were, you know, we were getting to the point where, you know, I, I had long retired from judging. Toby was kind of actively judging at high levels, but not much. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott was still going, obviously, doing his job. Right. Gavin wasn't really going. So we weren't getting out as much as we wanted to. You know, before when we were all active, um, whether it was me as a judge or me on a coverage team, mm-hmm. we were we were constantly in events. Um, you know, I think the last year that I worked, I was at eighteen GPs or pro tours. Jeez, uh, uh, yeah, it was a year. Um, <laughs> so we were out, and one of the things that again I, I wanted to start doing was was really talking about our outreach, about finding finding our way to talk to more and more people because I know one of the criticisms for a long time had been that we were this sort of ivory tower group mm-hmm. that we weren't in touch with the player base mm-hmm. uh, that, that we were just sort of random people at, um, at a great distance, just doing things that we wanted because, because, and um, it became more and more clear that what we needed to do was was simply talk to more people, was, was get ourselves involved with more and more people. Mm-hmm. And that, that, came, that you know, the, the internet is really good for that. Right. Because you can interact with a lot more people. I mean, I can go to a, I can go to a, a command fest and if there are 1,500 people there, I'm, I can't interact with all 1,500 of them. Right. Right. But in, you know, in Discord groups and in forums and stuff, we can we, mm-hmm. we have that kind of outreach. So we, we had started launching plans in the middle of 2019 to really increase our outreach. Um, and I think the COVID, the COVID thing just accelerated some of the things we were already going to do anyway. Website right. redesign. Like, like we're like, yeah, that website really needs a redesign. Um, we got to get forums and blah, blah, blah. And then at a certain point, it was, it was just stop. This is what we're doing now. If we need to put resources behind it, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Just get it done. So, um, the, I mean, obviously the first move in, in the outreach was the, the commander advisor group. Right. And that was, um, it was a moment of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, it happened here at the house when again when scott and toby were visiting and i just said it it just it it came out of my mouth it didn't even (laughs) i don't even know if it was a a conscious thought yet it the idea just came out of my mouth and the two of them looked at me and it was one of those moments like how the hell did we not think of this before (laughs) those are the best thoughts it was just it was just well shit so, um, and it took, it took less than a month to form the CAG from that point. Right. I'll tell you, if you ever consider him to be on the CAG, I tell you what, I, I cannot advocate for Jim enough. He is one of my favorite people in the ADH community. Just Jim, I, Jim is one of the, the best minds mm-hmm. and best hearts there are in magic. Yeah. I, I am part of their discord group mm-hmm. and it is, just the most positive place to be on the internet in my opinion yeah. i i can't get enough of it yeah um but 100%, no 100 percent agree with you. yeah the cag though has been really great and honestly uh, it's i'm glad shivam is part of it but i also feel bad for it because somebody somebody on twitter decided one day that he was going to be the person uh that everybody went to whenever they're talking yeah. about the the cag yeah, well, unfortunately, and, and I don't get it. Like, I mean, if you want to, 
if you want to throw some hate at somebody, I, I, I don't get it being Fulham. Right. <laughs> right. He's, he's, yes, between me and you, he occasionally lights himself on fire. <laughs> but he's good and kind and giving. Right. And I, like the, the amount, the, just the amount of negativity people want to put on him is so disproportionate to his personality. Right. Well, and that, really anybody else on the CAG. Yeah. Well, but he, he, he unfortunately has been, become like the lightning rod. <laughs> and I, I don't get like, look, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to spew some vitriol with somebody pointed at me, not Shiva. Right? I don't know. I agree with that. You have enough going on. <laughs> I pointed at something, but you know, if you know, you've, I, I talked about this with Nathan Jones. He was on my, on my show last week and uh it it is one we will we all kind of in our in our group of people have kind of all come to decide that if anybody really talks mad crap about like you we're just like no we, we don't really put up with that i mean and for me i mean my mom passed away from cancer so i'm just very cognizant of the things that you were going through um and so i just i know you have enough going on and I know your heart, uh, just from hearing Jim talk and Cobblepot um, and all those people talk, I, I know where you're coming from. And I just, I, I don't really put up with those things. But I don't want to sound like I'm just, you know, sitting here going, oh, now that I got you here. But um, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely think that because I, I just think some of the crap you guys get um, is unwarranted. And, you know, as somebody who in years past has contributed to that. I am genuinely sorry. Um, well, I, I think you, in a position like I'm in, you just have to realize that when somebody is spewing hate, it's not about you. Right. Right. E even if, even if they think that a decision you have made is bad, mm -hmm. them, them expressing vitriol isn't really about you in the very, very least. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's, it's a survival technique and it's, it's, it's just, I mean, it's a good lesson to take into your life in all aspects. Generally, most of the things that happen, most of the things that other people do are never about you. They're always right. about them. No, that's incredibly true. God, I could talk about that for hours. <laughs> um, so, you know, we've talked about bands some, and so maybe not, you know, to put you in a weird position, but so there's a lot of cards on the ban list right now. Are there cards on there that are either being talked about coming off or you could see coming off? The, Obviously, I mean, Leovold is the number one, right? Like Leovold is not coming off. <laughs> I mean, I, I, one time I said, you know, if we did a survivor type thing and voted things off of the ban list, balance would be the last one, but yeah. probably not. Uh, limited resources would probably be the last one. That's miserable. God, that I actually wonder what how that would work. That's interesting. Um, but the I mean the the thing is, there are probably there are probably cards on the ban list that wouldn't hurt the format coming off. Mm -hmm. They also wouldn't help. Mm -hmm. The like recurring nightmare is probably not anywhere near as bad as it was back in the day because like who show graveyard hate and interaction is just better right but recurring nightmare wouldn't create the kinds of games that we would like to promote right, we, right. again we want to promote interactive games and it's a card that becomes not interactive uh it's a it's a card that that one person plays solitaire with. And we want we want games where everybody's involved, where everybody feels we know that somebody has to win a game of commander. Right. But the best commander game is where everybody does something and then somebody wins. Right. You know, everybody feels like they, they contributed to the narrative of the story that we that we're telling. You know, a, a game of commander is more like a game of D and D than it is a game of standard, right? Right. It's a. It's. It is about this sort of story that we're shaping together, mm -hmm. and I like a card like Recurring Nightmare. Just 
seems like it it doesn't contribute to that story very well. Right. Um, yeah, like coalition, coalition victory is probably not going to ruin a bunch of games, but it really is counter it now or lose, and that's right. that's kind of a deflating experience. And we'd right. rather we'd rather promote um, more positive experiences. Right. So with with that being said, then um, I know you have already talked about like Lotus or Jeweled Lotus. I keep wanting to call it Lotus Puddle. Um, <laughs> Jeweled Lotus is coming out. Um, personally, I don't think it's going to wreck the format. I think what it's going to do, specifically in CEDH, it's it's going to make turn order way more important, um, which I think is a downside. Uh, but overall, I don't think it's the end of the world. The two the 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 card that I'm most concerned about really is Opposition Agent. And what it, what are your thoughts on these new cards that are coming out? I actually think opposition agent is the kind of card that the format needs. Yeah. Uh, I think that um, now I think opposition agent is pushed a little bit. Like it would have been playable at four mana. Right. Um, or even black, black one, but, uh, or even white, white one. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, oh my gosh, we could get into that conversation. <laughs> right. Uh, the, but the, I mean, I, I think the, the the big thing is that I think it's okay for cards, new cards to come out and discourage things that people do too much of in the format already. Mm-hmm. And we've seen we see a few cards in Commander Legends that do that, right? right? Opposition Agent is the anti tutor card. There's some anti um, ramp cards and I, I and anti card draw cards. You know, Hull Breacher is going to also. Um, called some people to the carpet. Right. Um, actually, we had it happen in the in the previous game. So Did you really? Somebody went to draw three cards, and Rachel flashed in the. Oh gosh. <laughs> Good um, grief. <laughs> but the, I mean, the 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 real the real thing is that keeping things in check uh, is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I think that opposition agent opposition agent is going to lead to some real blowouts. Right. Right. Um, and again, I think the, the mana cost is a little uh, concerning, mm-hmm. like not, not badly concerning, but like, I really feel much safer if it was, if it was four. I, uh, I honestly, I, I said this on our show when we were doing our set review. Um, Cause I, when I was talking with Cobblepot about it, I, I, I'm genuinely with how pushed it is genuinely surprised they didn't give it flying. Honestly, like, <laughs> yeah, that would have been too much. And yeah. the, the, yeah, I, I mean, so I, I think opposition agent is actually a net benefit for the format mm-hmm. because if it means that you're going to pay attention to not over committing to tutoring all the time, mm-hmm. then that's good. Right. right. Variance. Variance in the format is why there's a um, hundred card singleton format. Right. Right. It's it's not it's not four four times nine cards in twenty four lanes. Mm-hmm. It's it's really about the variance and tutoring. Obviously, sort of wrecks that that parity and um, too much tutoring. A little tutoring is fine. But if it's just tutor, tutor, tutor for your pieces, do your thing. It's it, again, it's not a particularly interactive game. It's not a particularly right. compelling game. It's not a particularly interesting game. Um, I, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in making your brain do the work, not your cards. Mm-hmm. And tutoring lets your cards do the work. Right. Um, as far as Gold Lotus goes, ugh, um I think I'm actually more on the side of it's slightly more dangerous, right? Than most people think because it's not what you, it's not what the card does. Mm-hmm. It's not what the card does in the context of a game. Mm-hmm. It's what the card does in context to the format, right? And it, I mean, the format is the format is already getting too fast for my taste. Mm-hmm. Even in casual games, it's getting the, the 
the number of turns is ticking down. And I don't think that that's a healthy place to go. I, I've noticed that too. I mean, even looking at the, the uh, what was it? The survey you guys did a few months ago, just looking at the average power level of people who took that survey. I mean, it just feels like it keeps creeping up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, I, it, it, again, it's not, it's not what your deck does. It's when it does it. That is mm -hmm. the, that's the real crux of this biscuit. But the, the thing that happens on turn 13 is fun. What, whatever happens, whatever complete insanity happens on turn 13 mm -hmm. is fine. The same thing happening on turn three is boring. Great. <laughs> um, so Jeweled Lotus does nothing except make that, make it fast, make things faster. Right. And well, you know, it's not broken because you can only cast your commander. Well, yeah, there are commanders that, there are commanders that will take over the game if you put them, if you drop them on turn one. May I introduce you to Urza? Urza or Grand Arbiter. Grand Arbiter is the one that concerns me the most, actually, because I mean, a turn one Grand Arbiter is hard to come back from. Yeah, card's miserable. Yeah, um, card's miserable before Jeweled Lotus. Right. So, uh, you know, again, we want people playing Magic, not people not playing Magic. Right. So. Uh, we're going to keep it. Uh, Jewel Lotus is a card we're definitely keeping an eye on. There's no, um, and I've said this multi in multiple tweets and Facebooks and wherever else that uh, you know I've had my voice. If you're gonna, if you're gonna go on the secondary market and get Jewel Lotus at the premium price, beware. I please, please beware. I don't. Th I I do not understand how this card is pre pre selling for two hundred dollars. FOMO. Yeah. I'm just going to crack packs until I get it. I'm, I, think I'm, I think I have like three or four boxes pre-ordered, and I just – I love cracking packs. I might keep one to do a draft with. I, I remember it was about two years ago. I was, ha I was with, at my LGS, and I remember sitting there, and we were having this discussion about partners and the issues partners presented uh, to the format of where it kind of homogenizes everything. And mind you, this is before Kenrith – and this is before Najila. So we mm -hmm. haven't even gotten the really homogenizing commanders yet, right? right. Um, and I remember saying, I was like, I mean, you can fix your reprint issue and you can fix your homogenization issue if you do a draft commander set. First of all, I think that'd be a blast to draft a commander set. Mm -hmm. Second of all, you would have to print partners in order to make that work because how else do you get your color pairings because uh, you only have so many cards right, right. Um, and about like 12 months later I'm watching announcements and Commander Legends pops up and I was like am I a prophet <laughs> it's, well, it's clearly been, somebody else had the same idea it, it's been in the work for, works for about six years I believe it, it and and, and and some of the problems that you point out, like fixing your you know fixing your 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 commanders your mm -hmm. color identity, um, is something that has been uh, you know a big topic of conversation. Uh, I saw the I I happened to be out there in September of 2017, I think, mm -hmm. and. Or was that 18? Man, time. Time has no meaning anymore. Um, and I happened to be out there in Seattle on vacation. I wasn't out there for, for business. And um, they called me up and said, hey, why don't you come by the office one day? And I got to, I got to draft and, and see some of the, the first cards from the um, – I, so I guess it had to be 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, from the from the the set, and then when I was there last year, when I was working there, uh, I obviously got my dirty little hands in the file and mm -hmm. and and checked out the set. I didn't I didn't work on the set, but I play tested with the set a couple of times. Okay, so I have to ask you this then. So was Rograk? Did do they know how busted Rograk is? I don't remember. I don't remember 
that from back then. That like, I think that was a that was a, I think that was a late development card. I I do not think they realize how bananas that card is. <laughs> like that card, I, everybody saw it spoiled, and I, I remember sitting there looking at it. And I was like, okay, it's a zero one with all these things. That's kind of weird. And then the light bulb clicked on it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is turns my Mox Amber on on turn one. This makes Springleaf Drum better. Uh, this makes Calling <laughs> of the Week absurd. Um, it makes all the free spells absurd. I was just like, holy cow. Yeah. yeah. I, the free spells the free spells are the ones that I'm like, um, hey, but we, hey, it's red, man. Give red a break. This, the free spells crack me up, especially with Kark, though, because <laughs> even, if, even if you lose the flip, you can still just recast them. Right. It's, I, I love this set so much. I'm so excited about it. Um, and so one of the things that they've done over this over the years, and we're seeing it in this set, is um, planeswalkers as commanders. And I really like that there are planeswalkers with partner, but that's its own other thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I know you've heard this a ton: is why aren't planeswalkers able to be commanders? You know, what is it that you guys think on that? And you know, I'm sure you've answered this a ton, but just for my ears, like. The, where is that? The, the big the big thing is that it planeswalkers as commanders. If like if we were just blanket all planeswalkers as commanders, we'd probably have to ban about a dozen of them. Mm-hmm. And they they significantly change the play pattern of the game. Mm-hmm. Right. The 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 format wasn't you know they weren't around when the format was conceived. Right. And um. To make them to to make them into the the sort of same kind of marquee cards that that creatures that legendary creatures are, which mm-hmm. are designed and play tested for what they're what they are. You know, every legendary creature is passed through the, the lens of commander, whether it's for a commander set or not. Right. Right. You know, I mean, I'm sure you've probably heard me say every set is a commander set. Right. Um. But planeswalkers, plane, just the legion of planeswalkers that we have were never looked at in that light. So they're not, they're not designed, balanced, or um, uh, you know, sort of meant for that role. And mm-hmm. I think that it would be an unhealthy disruption to the play patterns of the game if planeswalkers were commanders. Okay. And we're like the RC is unanimous on that. Okay. No, I've always wanted to, because I i don't think I've ever heard you say that um, or really asked anybody about that. Um, I've always wondered that. Um, so, you know, you talk about the, the play patterns and things like that. And we, we I mean, do you of, want Narset coming out of the command zone? I don't want Oko coming out of the command zone. What are you talking about? Oko is perfectly fine in the 99. I don't need that to be a reoccurring thing. <laughs> Um, Sorry, I interrupted a question. Oh, no, no, no. You're fine. I mean, you'd have to ban Narset, right? Like, you banned Leovold. Absolutely. Narset's Absolutely. the same yeah. thing. Narset, first one on the chopping block. The, the, the few that come to mind immediately is it's like the original Sauron, I would assume, would yep. be on that list. And then Narset, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, we, we kind of touched on this a little bit ago with how the game is speeding up and all of that. And I know you talk with Watsi, but as far as the direction that Watsi seems to be taking Commander in with their design, what are your feelings on it? Well, I think for the most part, they're getting it right. Mm-hmm. I think that the Commander Legends especially, I mean, look at the look at the converted mana costs of a lot of this, the cards in Commander Legends. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Again, we've talked about a couple that we think are pushed, but for the most part, they're pretty expensive. Um, I just finished this morning. I finished writing my set review, and I was I was thinking about that very that very thing. That man, there are a lot of cards here that are just spending, and I think that's good. Right? right. I, I think that we want we want things that cost six and seven. Um, everything doesn't need to be 
tightly efficient two and three and four mana cards. Mm -hmm. uh, we want we want things things that are narrow as opposed to broad. Things that are that are, that make you work to get value out of them instead of just being value. Right. Tulane Tulane is just value, <sighs> and you don't you don't have to think to get value out of Tulane. You don't right. have to work to get it. You don't have to think or work to get value out of Tachyoba. You're, it, it's, it's rewarding you extra for doing the thing that you were doing already. Right. And we, I think that the design philosophy needs to push players into doing the things that they weren't otherwise going to do. Right. To, to do something new, to do something different. And I think for the most part, Commander Legends has captured that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the only gripe I think I have with Commander Legends is I feel like white kind of uh, is underwhelming. Uh, I think the card that really comes to mind for me is Armored Skyguard. Um, the three three colorless and a white that uh, it's the it has flying and when it attacks, you search an aura or enchantment and you attach it when you put it in. Yep. Um, that card to me. Sky Hunter, right? Yeah. Oh, Sky Hunter. Yeah. That card to me is an example of how if they just make template it like Sun Titan, it's perfect, right? You know, you give it the Uro ability where it ETBs or attacks and it triggers the thing. Um, because at four mana and you have to wait a turn, um, that's. You know, it's it's a good effect, but as far as white goes, I mean, white didn't really get any standout cards. Oh, I like the uh, I like the archive of coronation. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty sweet. Um, we got a new swords to plowshares art, man. <laughs> <laughs> when you get the and a chrome as well, I think a chrome as well is is a sweet spell. Right. There, there are some good ones, but I felt like red was just absurd in this set. <laughs> well, finally, right? Finally let red get its due. Red this year has got such a shot in the arm. Well, it needed it. Yeah. So, talking about white, I, I swear this will be my last, like, rulesy question, sure. and then I'll, uh, we'll move on, and I'll let you go. So... There is a card that came out earlier this year that specifically impacts cards in the command zone, Dranith Magistrate. Mm -hmm. For you, is that a card that like hits any warning signs for you? No. Okay. It, uh, it, I mean, it, it sees play, I think, maybe at high power tables. It mm -hmm. probably has a bigger impact. Um, right, but I mean, I never want to be dies a removal guy, but <laughs> please be dies to removal guy. I am dies to removal guy. Uh, you know, we we had it. I had it in my boxing league deck, mm -hmm. and there were a couple of games where I dropped on turn two, and it changed the way the other players had to play the game. Right, but it didn't. It didn't dominate the game, right? And I think I think it's fine. It it, it it actually doesn't set off any warning signs. If it was, you know, if it was hex proof, Oof. maybe we, <laughs> right? Jeez. Or you know, had a you know, five toughness or something, it, it would it would probably it would be a little problematic. But as as it stands, I think it's fine. Okay. Well, um, I know I got to let you go, but there's two questions I want to know and these are fun questions uh before i let you go um so the first one is of all the commander decks that you've ever built you build a lot so i'm sure that there's several but if you had to pick one commander deck that's your favorite you've ever built what would it be that would be my you did this to yourself deck okay it so is, what is that it's just guy colors okay it was built around it it the seed of the idea started with a single card Paralectric Feedback. Oh, I'm going to have to look that card up. And par Paralectric Feedback uh, 
deals the deals damage equal to the mana cost of a spell. It's an instant, so it it deals it's CMC to the caster. Okay. And when I built this deck, the big thing to do was Cobalt Coffers. Um, you know, the big thing to do at the shop at the time, like games would just devolve into waiting for somebody to exsanguinate for 50. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, I saw this, I, I saw a card, as a matter of fact, it was, it was Todd Palmer, who's one of my Monday Night Gamers and a very good friend who happened to be working at the shop at the time, mm-hmm. called me over and said, have you seen this card? And it's from Guild Pact, I think. Yeah. And he's like, have you seen this card before? I'm like, yeah. Oh. He's <laughs> like, yeah. So I so the so the idea of you did this to yourself is the deck can't do anything bad to you unless you're trying to do something broken. Okay. Then it, then it's like a, it's like judo, right? Um, it flipped you for real. Um, it has cards like deflecting palm, mirror strike reflect damage would like arcbound be in there come up and uh arcbound could be it's not okay um so it basically and the the commander is ruhan of the femori because ruhan makes the the least i said okay i built a deck and i said what what commander makes the least sense to put the head in this deck and ruhan ruhan was it oh that's fantastic so the yeah, it's my the deck is on Architect, and it's it's uh, you know you can search on me and uh, and and find it, uh, and it's certainly I or you can read three different articles I've written in the last eight years on the deck. Right. Um, but it uh, yeah, it's 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 just there. You it'll it'll gain some life sometimes. Uh, at the one of the finishing moves is acidic soil. Okay. You know, if you've ramped out the 20 lands, then Citus Soil is going to wreck you. So you're uh, talking like the type of goofy, like if I'm going to play casual, this is the type of deck I'd want to play. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, this deck has, has provided so many laughs. Yeah. And so many just crazy experiences uh, I think, over the years. I think that the, it, I have to take it to every show I go to. That's fantastic. I think like the craziest deck I've ever built that wasn't a command or competitive deck, right? Was I used to, so one of the first decks I ever built um, was a Grimgrin de- mill deck. And um, the whole goal of the deck was to make this horde of zombies that would mill you by using Undead Alchemist. Yeah, sure. And I just I, I would never win games with it, but I just thought it was hilarious to attack at people and like mill fifty cards on everybody and get like this horde of zombies. I thought it was a blast. Um, uh, Gavin Duggan, uh, other RC member, has a Zodic Lord of Secrets deck. Ooh, and it you know it basically does the same thing. It when it, it when it hits you, it's it's like Undead Alchemist when it hits mm-hmm. you. You mill instead of, but it also had it increases its power and toughness. Right. So, like you know, we played games where somebody he's hit somebody. It's like mill one hundred and eighty cards. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, the card that um, that surprised me, even in competitive, that just blew me away was Paco from the the Shears. Yeah, a commander set. Because at first I was like, ah, this is whatever. And then I was playing it against Brayden from CDH cast. And I was like, this looks dumb. And then he hit me with it. And then I saw what it does. And yeah. I was like, oh boy, <laughs> this gets, this gets bad fast. Yeah. I built a, I built what I thought was a somewhat casual Paco and Haldan deck. And mm-hmm. um, we, you know, we were like turn five or six and the other three were like, kind of nonsense is this <laughs> well you look at the card at first you're like whatever and then you kind of you play with it and you're like oh dear yeah. <laughs> um so last question i'll ask you um is of all the sets that you've played in 
what is your favorite like set it, it could be a regular set or a commander set what was your favorite set for commander Whew. i know <laughs> man that would let me think real fast i mean i could i could be um could be checking and say invasion but that's not a real answer <laughs> Um, I probably, I, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of what, of the 55 or 56 decks that I have, mm -hmm. what set I have the most cards out of. Okay. Not just, not just like, you know, I have one card from um, Innistrad in every deck, but like what, what card decks I have the most cards out of and I think I have a lot of Ravnica cards, original Ravnica. Um, certainly Ravnica block. So, right. um, and and um, Shadowmoor Lorwyn block. Okay. I I think I play a lot of cards from. Okay. I I that's one of my favorite questions to ask people, because um, I know like depending on who you ask, they'll say commander 16 or whatever. And, you know, it's, and for me, I, I, I always love anything Theros. Um, mm -hmm. Part of that is me being nostalgic. Uh, Cause that was when I, I, when I first got into commander and by extension magic was when Theros came out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I will to this day, I love playing um, Phoenix and things like that. And I just, yeah. I love all those cards. Yeah, I, I I appreciate them as well, and I have to I have to stop myself when I build a new deck from jamming a god or two into it. Uh, you'll you'll probably find this interesting then yeah. that uh, I'm doing with Rachel Weeks, okay, and Dan Sheehan from Commander Sphere Podcast, yeah, and their friend comedian Mike Carazza. I'm doing a limited D and D mini series. Oh, set in Theros. I am so here for that. I gonna, bought the Theros D and D book the day it came out. We're gonna we're gonna record uh, next week. I think actually uh, we're gonna record in two sessions next week, and then um, uh, it'll air in December. And the the conceit of the show, I mean, the conceit of the the, the mini series. It's, you know, it's not a, really a campaign. It's a mini series. Right is that the characters are the champions of a very small, not particularly well-known god. Okay. We, we wake up after an adventure, and we're the only three people in the world that remember the god. Huh. So that's, that, that's basically what, that's basic, Dan is, Dan is running the, the, the game. And that's basically what he gave us. Um, and the god is sort of the god of chill. <laughs> it's like the god of medium. Like, so is it, yeah. um, is it like Dionysius then? It's, 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 but it's not, you know, it's not so, um, it, it's not so party heavy as Dionysius. Okay. It's, it's, it's more, it's more vibe. Um, you know, like, Spicoli would be a, a okay. <laughs> okay. Like, like uh, Rachel is playing a Rachel's playing a satyr who just thinks that her her um, her fellow satyrs just party too much. <laughs> um, and I'm playing. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember what Mike is playing. I'm playing. I'm playing a paladin who is just like. We all need to chill, and uh, instead of instead of the um, divine sense, mm -hmm. we've modified that to to detect vibe. <laughs> so so I can know when I can. You guys got to do vibe checks. Yeah, when, when somebody's vibe is, I can know when somebody's vibe off. Some vibe is off. Oh my gosh! Now I, I mean, these are three professional comedians that I'm playing this game with. Right. Oh, that sounds fantastic. 
That so, sounds yeah, so look wonderful. That, look, look for that coming up in, uh, in December. Absolutely. Well, Sheldon, I know you've had a long day and I know you've got a lot going on. So I, I really appreciate you taking time out to record this with me. And uh, I appreciate everything you do for the game and uh, for the format. So thank yeah, you thank so much. You guys, it's my distinct pleasure. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy to always come on. You know, you get me talking about Commander and you might never get me to stop. Uh, same. I, that's why I host a podcast. Right. My my fiance got sick of listening to me. So. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, uh, I'm Callahan. We'll see you next time. And uh, we've got more great content lined up for you. So this has been the Mind Sculptors. See you next time.